0: Let's head to Silicon Valley because there was quite the sentencing. I don't know how much attention you've been paying to the rise and fall of Elizabeth Holmes, the CEO of Theranos. Um, She was sentenced to 11 and a half, more than 11 years in prison on Friday for defrauding investors in her now defunct blood testing startup that was once valued, I think at nearly $10 billion. It was that successful. Uh, The 38-year-old had been convicted on three counts of investor fraud and one count of conspiracy after a jury uh, convicted her last January. Now, the prosecution had asked for 15 years in prison. The defense had urged the judge to impose no prison time at all. So this was much closer to what the prosecution had asked for. Again, this caps off just the most, first of all, the story was covered, her success was covered a lot back in 2013, 14, 15, around that area. Her story is remarkable. She dropped out of Stanford at 19. She patented this technology that she claimed could perform a large range of diagnostics, blood tests, using just a drop of blood from a finger prick. They would put these testing machines in all kinds of places like pharmacies. And big pharmacies bought into this. Uh, By 2013, she'd become a media star. She was on the covers of Forbes and Fortune magazines. She attracted big names to the company's board, including former U.S. Defense Secretary James Mattis, former Secretaries of State George Shultz and Henry Kissinger, amongst others. Rupert Murdoch was a fan. The list goes on and on and on and on. By 2015, she'd become the world's youngest self-made female billionaire, often compared to Apple's Steve Jobs. She even wore the black turtlenecks. And she even addressed some of those who you know, were maybe a bit skeptical in this 2015 clip. Every
1: time you create something new, there should be questions. And... To me, that's a sign that you've actually done something that uh, is transformative.
0: Well, it turns out it wasn't transformative. It just wasn't anything at all. Uh, Soon, the Wall Street Journal launched a series of investigative articles digging into what exactly was going on. It turns out the blood testing machines were never really able to run any of the tests with a few drops of blood. Instead, the company was secretly relying on conventional machines from other companies to do that testing. So really, the, the, the product never worked. Now, in her own defense, she testified in court that she thought at the time that her statements were accurate. The jury didn't buy that. The judge didn't either. Uh, She said, I'm so sorry. Uh, I regret my failings with every cell. In my body, she said on Friday. So what is it about her rise and fall that so captivated people inside Silicon Valley, on Wall Street, and far beyond? Joining me now is someone who's paid very close attention to this story from the get-go. Margaret O'Mara is a professor of American history at the University of Washington and a historian of Silicon Valley. Thanks for your time. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So I would imagine just about everyone's followed this trial fairly closely. Um, What was your reaction to the sentence? I mean, it, it seemed... It seemed like a tough sentence, all things considered.
1: Yeah, I'll confess I was surprised, mostly because white-collar well, white collar convictions are rare in uh, modern America, and uh, and also it's it was quite a long sentence. I, I was immediately thought about one of the last spectacular business scandals of the first part of this century: Enron, the largest right. bankruptcy in American history. Um, just as a point of comparison, the CEO there, Ken Lay, who who died before he was sentenced, he he could have been facing much much longer. Um, but the two people who did go to prison, the the successor CEO um, uh, and the CFO, financial officer, served 12 and five years, respectively. So and that was a much, much larger company, um, much, much bigger stake. So clearly a message was being sent. It was it was clear from the judges remarks on Friday that this was uh, about more just not only Elizabeth Holmes, but more than that
0: yeah the judge i gather is from silicon valley so sort of felt some uh, a, a certain a f- a proprietorship over over its reputation what was the, I, I often read about and this includes an article that you were interviewed for in the guardian several articles in the last few days about the fake it till you make it concept mm-hmm. and how this was an attempt to try to to put an end to that
1: yeah, I mean, this was a uh, even though Elizabeth Holmes was unusual in so many ways in her um, in the product she was making, which was a medical device, very different from the software and the apps that run Silicon Valley companies these days. Silicon Valley venture capitalists were very quick to say that they passed on funding her was, as soon as her star started dimming. Now there were quite a few bold-faced names from the valley, including. Larry Ellison, the founder and former CEO of Oracle, who were big backers. So let's take that with a big grain of salt. Will it end the fake it till you make it? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. That's a pretty, you know, I mean, this is the way that the startup hustle runs, which is uh, to make some big claims and promise world-changing innovation to persuade wealthy financiers to invest in you at a very early stage. In a way, you need the money to prove the concept. Now, I'm not saying that uh, every startup founder is, uh, is hustling to the degree of, of Elizabeth Holmes, and she was uh, you know, exceptional um, in the degree of a very, what was a very clear-cut fraud case. Um, but nonetheless, there was a culture that enabled her to do what she did.
0: What was that culture? Because it's such a fascinating story. The, the The product that they had come up with seemed revolutionary on paper. Clearly, it was a great idea on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, her ability to sell it was also quite fascinating. The mm-hmm. number of, of very uh, high profile people she got to invest. What was the secret to her to her success? That I gather is probably the secret to her downfall too.
1: Yeah, well, you know, she was extraordinarily charismatic and convincing, I think similar to extraordinary success stories like Steve Jobs (laughs) Um, and also other extraordinary, more recent failures, like uh, most recently Sam Bankman-Fried of the crypto trading platform FTX, these young people who managed to entrance the establishment and and give them money. You know, she was in a way riding that wave, um, taking advantage of Silicon Valley's obsession with youth, which was perhaps cresting at that moment. This is, of course, you know, not too long after Google goes public, Facebook uh, is on the ascent, is going public, um, uh, you know, that making a big bet in a very young untested person has paid off and is venerated. Um, On the other hand, I think her her star was also aided by two things that were different about her. One was, as you observed, what she was doing, really making something that promised to change the world at a moment when Silicon Valley entrepreneurs were getting a lot of criticism for taking all their energy and money and just building apps for millennials to do their laundry, right? Or hail right. a cab. Right. Um, and that was one thing. So that was very exciting. The other was she was a woman. And she is coming up at a moment when the real sharp gender imbalance, particularly at the very top ranks of Silicon Valley, is, which has always been there, but it, start, it had started to become part of the public conversation in a way that it hadn't before. And in a way, she's an answer to that. You know, you don't need affirmative action. You don't need to change anything about the way the system works. You just need a brilliant person. And it doesn't matter what gender they are.
0: And someone who seems to have been able to capitalize that in a way by being almost a a female, as you put it out, a female version of Steve Jobs, right? I mean, so much of it was was obviously done as performance, but very effective performance.
1: Extremely effective performance. I mean, the performative nature of this is, is sometimes underrated, whether it be a guy in a hoodie and shorts and flip flops, a la Mark Zuckerberg, you know, just sort of dressing down as a way to say I'm focused on bigger, bigger things. But, you know, a woman like Holmes, women can't quite get away with being that sloppy. Uh, but instead, she appropriates different elements of the, you know, clear things clearly associated at that point with high tech genius. And, uh, you know, Steve Jobs, nothing says Steve Jobs like a black turtleneck. And
0: she really worked that well. A bit more just about about her as well. You get the sense that do you think this has set back the the notion of of, of the effective um, female CEO in the Valley at all? Because in some ways, it feels like so much has been loaded on so much of, of the prejudice has been loaded on to her, you know, overly ambitious, um, you know, didn't deliver, et cetera.
1: Yeah, I I fear that it has and and the the data we have is anecdotal but you do hear, you know, from female founders and people who are trying to raise money particularly in the biomedical space um that there's a bit of Elizabeth Holmes hangover. And unfortunately, I think the other the other thing this does is it kind of lessens the momentum to make an effort to remedy the dramatic imbalance in funding given to companies headed by women, um, which is just extraordinary how how little money still flows. I mean, we're talking, you know, de minimis, female-headed companies. And, uh, you know, this takes the wind out of the sails a little bit. There might be some who say, well, look, we, we kind of gave Elizabeth Holmes extra attention and glory because she was a woman. That was part of her, why she was so successful for a bit. And that's true. It's undeniable that so much of the, certainly the media attention, if not the the level of investment came with people who were really excited to see a female founder succeed. So I I fear that this is not going to help the cause of the the deep gender imbalance in tech, which continues to this day and is, is really just startling.
0: Yeah, it feels like Elizabeth Holmes, if if she hadn't come along, they would have tried to invent her, right? That was that yeah. was sort of what people wanted to mm-hmm. see out there was this sort of, you know, even the whole part about deepening her voice and just the whole, again, back to the performative aspect of it. Um, do you think she would have been treated differently, especially when everything fell apart, if she'd been a guy, one of the hoodie wearing yeah. folks? I always um, thought so.
1: Yeah, I, you know it's interesting. I, I think certainly the fascination with her as a her fallen star and her trial, I think, had to do with her gender and her appearance and and now she's a mother, um, a, a mother of one and and expectant mother of a second. I think that's another dimension that that adds a kind of dramatic layer uh, to uh, to the story. Um, you know, in in some ways, I wonder too how you know. Sh- I mean, she was an outsider. She was an insider and an outsider at the same time. She she played into the stereotypes and the things that had made other Silicon Valley companies so successful uh, and kind of played into people, public fascination with the entire ecosystem. At the same time, I think, you know, she was not someone who was part of a charmed circle of acquaintance of, of with people that she went to Stanford with and people that were her mentors. She certainly had powerful people who were her mentors and her board members, including former secretaries of state and defense of uh, kind of unusual assemblage. But she wasn't an inner circle person. You know, she was something of an outsider. And I wonder if that had to her gender had something to do with that that um, it still is a, a boys' club in many ways. And those personal connections and the ability to pull all-nighters together while eating cold pizza and not showering, that it remains part of the culture, and it is very gendered
0: when we look at just the the whole when we've seen other examples of it in the last month even this idea of buying the ceo's pitch without necessarily one i remember listening to the podcast and reading the book about theranos and so on and i was thinking it must someone must have wanted to figure out whether what they were selling was achievable or not and yet somehow people got uh you know got hypnotized in some way by the pitch by the character it seems to be a problem it's not universal, you know, it's not isolated to, this, to the valley, but it seems like a problem that is particularly acute at times in tech is this idea that the CEO is all-powerful and their word is gold.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. I think, you know, it, and also Elizabeth Holmes was the beneficiary, um, at like many other young founders, of this extraordinary now 12-year period. We've just, we're just, that's coming to a close now of of incredible liquidity, so much cash sloshing around the global financial system, not just in tech, but there's, a you know, all the central banks have made it so that people have a, a lot of money on hand and they want to invest it in the stock market or invest it in promising young companies. And so the venture capital pool has expanded vastly. So I think part of what was going on was there was so much money looking for a home. There was so much eagerness to move fast and get on the ground floor of something that sounded really exciting. The pitch was really compelling People were not doing their due diligence. It really is kind of stunning um, when you actually lift up the hood and see what went down, both with with Theranos and also with other spectacular <laughs> downfalls. Again, um, FTX, the the Sandbankman freed crypto platform, is is our this month's example. But you know, you go back and you're like, really, no one was no one was asking these questions before. And there's such you know FOMO, right? You fear missing out on this great deal because venture capital is a, it's a betters game. Only a few deals hit big. And if you hit it big, you're doing really well. So people were willing to take risks or, or take other people's word for it. I think that was the other thing that was going on. You had people vouching for homes that in turn um, convinced others to give them money.
0: Yeah. It's almost like the classic fraud, right? Mm -hmm. In that sense, it doesn't matter what era or what, where it No, it's not Valley. It's kind of universal, right? It is. Marco Amara, thank
1: you so much for your time. It was a pleasure being here. Thanks for having me.